The theme for the afternoon talk is the difficult experience and the uh, liberating uh, experience. Uh, and just to make uh, clear with uh, uh, this body of teachings, there is a rather central purpose that accompanies the teachings and it is uh, an effective, useful, insightful teaching of liberation. It is the sole or primary purpose behind the teaching. It is the thread that, in my view, runs unmistakably throughout the, the body of the teaching and practices right through from beginning through to the end. And quite often in the variety of mind-body ex explorations which take place, there are, of course, uh, immense uh, benefits. And in the world of psychology, psychotherapy, mind-body connection, consciousness uh, practices, there forms of relaxation and much, much more, including medication as, as well. It is towards giving support to uh, us as human beings towards greater peace of mind, towards uh, a sense of harmony, reduction of stress and pressure, and beneficial steps in terms of living um, an integrated life. In these teachings, uh, an in a well-adjusted, emotionally well-integrated life is an important and valuable step towards liberation. And it's sometimes rather important to uh, remember this, uh, uh, I would say, so that in our explorations and um, aspirations as human beings, we can genuinely realize our fullness and richness as human beings and the remarkable potential that we have for a full waking up uh, and, an, and an authentic uh, liberation in, uh, in life. And it's a little bit in the context of this that I'm uh, speaking to you uh, uh, this afternoon. And I'll take first, if I may, the, under the general umbrella concept, the difficult uh, uh, experiences. And of course, with these difficult experiences, we have a whole variety of names which give us some sense, uh, intimation, uh, of the experience uh, itself. I just touched upon a few a moment or two uh, ago. So the stress, the anxiety, the anger, the fears, the blames, the worry, the boredom, the apathy, the confusion, the, dist the distress, uh, the trauma, the restlessness, the agitation, let me go on here, the <laughs> doubts, etc. We're all rather used to these words. We hear them enough from those that we have contact with and we see as well within ourselves the same words and languages uh, which are arising. So we're in the, in the event of our being human there is the arising of the words, the language, there. And the words are intended to give a summary or a description of what the experience is. And it would appear, in these difficult experiences, that the word, as it were, is objective, as it were, stands out from... And it says, this is this. This is anger. This is fear. This is anxiety. This is worry. This is stress. This is self-doubt. This is self-blame. <laughs> this is guilt or whatever. And it gives the impression 
from the field of the difficult experience that, one, that the description which is coming from the self is actually defining and naming in a rather detached and objective way what is described. The describer, you and me, the self, regard what is described that the describer, the words used, is what that is. The words which are used is not what that is. How could it be? How could it be? And the difficulty in the human experience with the difficult is very easily the describer, who is also the observer, the witness, <clears throat> the experiencer, all the same, that the self, which is the self, in its arising as a describer, as the namer, as the experiencer, somehow thinks, I am looking and describing that, and in the looking and describing that, I know <coughs> what I am talking about. And what we don't realise, these talks are not easy to follow. You, you, know, you could be speaking English since your birth, it's still not easy to follow. So, uh, and to be honest, I don't care if it's easy to follow or not, just hang in. So, in the experience of these things which takes place, in the looking at which takes place, the killer is the habit of the description. It's a killer. The habit of using and repeating the same words about the experience again and again is actually not a description of the event. It is the rep repetition of memory entering into the situation and it repeats itself again and again so that the naming is as big a problem as the named. Understand? The naming is as big a problem as the named. And is it any wonder in the relationship of the namer, that's you, me, the self, and the name? that the named, called the difficult experience, called all the words I just said and thousands more, is it surprising that we can't dissolve the difficult issue because the namer is the difficult? We're not even in touch with it. What happens is we're in touch with the namer, the words which are used and we keep saying to others till we bore them to bed oh I'm so worried oh I feel so bad about myself I feel so anxious I feel so selfish I feel so confused I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel and we keep repeating this to the point it becomes such a habit we are repeating it even when the experience isn't there. We're talking about it so much and we might be feeling actually quite okay but we're so used to dis the describer describing we go to have a cafe latte with somebody and we all end up, we, not all of us, thank God, end, end up talking about our misery while we're happily enjoying a coffee. <laughs> because the namer has become alienated from the named, from the event, from the, from the experience. The experience is difficult, the naming, the description, the thinking and the talking about it is difficult. How is it possible for a human being trapped in that duality 
there can to liberate themselves from it. The describer is as big a problem as the described. And we see as well, <coughs> to give a, give a, uh, a little bit of contrast here, <coughs> lifetimes ago, which is 1970, when I ordained, I wasn't, now I'm white-haired, wasn't even a, a brunette <laughs> at that time because I was shaven-headed. And it sometimes strikes me um, of the contrast in uh, teachings of dealing with the difficult in a very generalized way, please forgive me or don't as you wish, in terms of the Buddha Dharma way of looking and the West. And sometimes it kind of stands out. I'm speaking in the generalities uh, here, which is in a way unforgivable. But more importantly, here, when I took ordination, uh, I was, if I may say, the only Westerner in the monastery. There were about 80 monks and novices, sometimes 100, and as many nuns. And in the uh, monastery, we just, like we do here, just out uh, practice. Um, uh, books were banned uh, there, so those of us who had books had to, in a very subversive way, read them by candlelight in our hut in the night, etc., because uh, et the teacher so much disapproved of uh, books and just practice, practice, practice patipat, patipat, patipat that's the, the Pali word for it uh, there and what is interesting in terms of uh, the practice I don't say it's better well, a little bit <laughs> um, the Vipassana teacher Hachan Damodaro had zilch, one of the few German words I know, no interest whatsoever in my history. I think he only ever knew one thing about me, and that I was English. <laughs> and in three years of living in the monastery, I cannot recall, and I'm writing these kind of memoirs, so I've got all these diaries, blah, 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 <coughs> letters, him ever asking me a single thing about my history. Not my physical history, not my working history, not my so sociological history, not my psychological history, <laughs> not, my, not my neurological history, <laughs> not my family history. No interest. Couldn't see the relevance of it. It was not in the talking point. And it's something of a contrast here in the, in the beloved West <clears throat> that easily when we have an issue a difficult period because of all the influences and in terms of the exploration of the psyche I mean frankly the West if I may say what, 100 years, 130, 150 years of the depth of exploration of the psyche? I mean, frankly, we are new kids on the block. <laughs> and quite often, with the influence there, when we have a, a problem, an issue, something unresolved, very quickly, very quickly, this is psychology here, we easily, with the difficulty, go to the past, which is fine, that's absolutely in the Dharma as well, but we go to the past and easily look for the single cause. It's not in the Buddha's Dharma, but in the Western psyche. So this, whatever it might be, the health issue, the trauma... 
the pain, the anguish, the difficult, very easily we look to the past and we say this, it could be the other, what she, he, they did to me. It could be what I did to myself. It could be the combination of both. And we look to the past and say, this has caused me to be like this. I hear it every day. I'm a Dharma teacher. So I hear it, hear it every day. Uh, 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 there, so far, I've, I've survived it. And... <laughs> <laughs> no guarantee the next time I see you, but so far. <laughs> so there is the tendency, it's the tendency to view, it's an important thing here, in terms of a psychological dynamic, my personal history. I have to say this. They're genuinely can be a value in it. And they genuinely can be, to use the English vernacular, it can be a pain in the ass. It's how you look at it. And when it is a value, and it is the only value, if I look at the past, and actually better, rather than to see a single cause, because that is not possible, it is not possible, but I can look at the past, I can look at the conditions which were dependently arising, which brought this about, and when it is valuable, I will see, this is the important thing here, what are the conditions which need to change so that this does not continue. Do you understand? I look to the past, what were the conditions that brought this about, my difficulty, whatever it might be, and to see what is it that needs to change there in order I don't repeat the history. So the validity, the authenticity of a human being's relationship to the past is if it's difficult in the present and I look to the past and I change something, it will change the present and therefore it will reduce and sometimes end the problem of the present. That's the only validity for the use of the past. But there is no point whatsoever in looking to the past and saying this, whatever it is, caused me to be like this because if we look in this way we are putting wood on the fire of the present. It will contribute to the idea of feeling sorry for myself which is an identity of being a victim, of being under the pressure and the influence of the old. And if I've got an attachment and an identity in terms of psychology, and I keep looking to the past and focusing on one thing, I will feel even more sorry for myself. I will feel helpless. I will feel vulnerable. I will feel afraid. I will feel distress. Because I keep going to the past and saying the past made me like this. So the more I go to the past, it will make me like this even more. It has to. What a way to live. How have we got ourselves into such a mess and so little clarity with, with all of our psychological cleverness 
which instead of helping and giving us some insight, our psychology of our memory is making our situation in the present worse. We're not learning from the past. We're not getting any insight into the past. We're not changing anything in the past. We're not even putting wood on it. It's got to the point we're putting petrol on it, on the present. And then we ask ourselves, oh God, I feel so trapped, I feel so miserable. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's on water time. (laughs) (laughs) The other... Gosh, time is rolling by, I'm just warming up. So, (laughs) the the other... uh, You can be grateful... I mentioned the, the, my monk's years. The teacher, bless him, was rather unusual in Thailand, gave a, a Dharma talk every single evening, seven days a week, every day, every month. Uh, there, there was no exception, and all had to go to the Dharma talk, etc. You had to be either dead or pretty near to it to get out of it. This is the, you got the knock on the hut door. Uh, even myself couldn't speak Thai. Still had to be there and pray <laughs> and, and uh, pre- uh, 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 present uh, there. And one didn't know how long he would talk. There's none of this European politeness, you know. Well, forty minutes, forty-five, maybe fifty minutes or an hour. Or whatever, but enough is enough. No, you, the, 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 these these monastic dharma teachers, you know, they they have a whole different meaning of timeless. <laughs> <laughs> I think the longest is we walked out at one o'clock in the morning, which started at eight. Uh, so, as I say, you can be grateful; it probably won't go on uh, quite so long. More importantly, in the relationship to the name, namer and, uh, and the named and the uh, experience, just to repeat a little bit. Keep going over something, over the difficult, uh, over and over again, is adding to it. It's keeping it going. Whether we think about it, whether we feel it, whether we talk about it, it just keeps it going and we don't realize how easily we uh, and also in our conversations with others when they're sharing their experiences which is people's right and it is important can actually kind of feed into ours because it reminds us what she or he or reminds me of my stuff my issues my unresolved so it, it fans it it keeps it going so there needs to be a radical, as we say in English, root and branch change. And the buzz word, which uh, has gone on for two and a half thousand year, uh, years, and of course long before the Buddha as well, is practice. And if a human being, pardon me, she or he really wishes to change, it's going to be one extraordinary commitment to practice. And practice is not a reference to sitting cross-legged on a meditation cushion. That is a form. I'm talking practice. And what that practice means in a kind of uh, effective way is a real daily commitment to changing a situation. And that empowerment to changing, if there's a real commitment to it, the change will come. It has to. And what I mean by that, I'm talking about uh, difficulties, heart, mind, thought difficulties here, experiential difficulties here. 
One may name it while you are here. You may be saying to yourself, or Sonia or I there, gosh, in my life there is a lot of, then you add your words. In my life I experience a lot of, and you add your words uh, there. And you notice, you get hopefully more clear to you here, what you have noticed in your daily life. So, once the name is there, the word, or word, might be two or three words, once the, the, the name uh, is there, there are some things to consider. As mentioned, the repetition of the same word will easily feed the problem. Because it's now disconnected from the experience. Just using it, oh, I'm angry, I'm miserable, I'm anxious, you keep using it, it will not... Well, it's got to be creative. You need to use your imagination. And the imagination here would be, can I have enough imagination to give a completely different description to this quote-unquote difficult experience? Can I have just enough freedom to stop using these same words which is putting me to sleep or to sleeplessness and is putting others to sleep for sure. <laughs> Even over a coffee it put other people to say, oh gosh, she's back on it again, he's back on it again, <laughs> whatever. So one thing to take the example, uh, illustration, you're sitting in meditation and you say, oh, I've got, uh, I'm speaking to one of you today about this, oh, I've got uh, so much pain in my knee. Oh, my knee, just so, so much pain is coming out of my knee. I just, doesn't, just doesn't go away and cause, I mean, it's bound to happen. The cause of it is I, I've, I fell over playing football or, or, or tennis or blah, 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 blah. Uh, then if I hadn't been so stupid on that day, I wouldn't be feeling this pain. It's caused me so much trouble. And then all the feeling of sorry for oneself and then the prayers for the end of the sitting and, and all, 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 all the others. So the whole story, cause and defect and feeling sorry for oneself and... In all of that, the pain actually is getting forgotten. <laughs> the, 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 the story and the drama of it is much more interesting. But this is not a drama teaching, it's a dharma teaching. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know people get the two confused together. <laughs> I, 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 I was interviewed by the ABC radio in Australia years ago and asked me what I did, I explained what I did. And, she, and the interviewer said, oh, and today we have uh, Christopher Titmus uh, 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 coming, we have some uh, questions, and he is a drama teacher from England. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> anyway, get back to what I'm talking about. <laughs> There's another rather amusing one line that, that went with it. It sticks in my mind, this is decades ago. And the, the good interviewer um, said, to me, uh, said to me, Oh, uh, uh, the Christians and the Jewish and the religious Muslims say that the world was created by God. But the scientists say that the world started because of the Big Bang. This was live on ABC Radio. Uh, and she said, what do the Buddhists say? And I say, said, the Buddhists uh, say that the world was formed from elephant shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then she, she said, 
Are you saying that elephants... No, no, madam, I'm not saying... I'm saying that. What I am saying is, what does it matter? (laughs) We've got enough to deal with already without speculating how the world began, whatever it might be. All right. Okay, you get the point. There are more important things than running off in that direction. So, in the relationship here, in our way of looking and relating how very easily is mentioned we get caught up uh, in all of this we have all the the story that goes with it and in the sitting meditation as an example rather than all the storyline cause effect storyline is a common one of course can we give a different description to what's going on in the name Rather than, as an example, rather than using the same old word, which could be pain. Look at it, experience it, describe it in a different kind of way, altogether there. It may not seem so real as the pain word, because the pain word has got an investment of history in it. It's got a weight, and that's the problem, it's got a weight in it. And everything. Well, that's the reality of it. <coughs> and therefore, the changing of the languages in relationship to the object, not to make that new language something absolute, but just to break up, open up an opportunity to experience more directly, to get closer to it without the word, without the, the imposition and the impression that the word gives about. And it could be. Anxiety is not anxiety. Stress is not stress. Fear is not fear. Anger is not uh, anger. It's, it's not what we think it is. And human being has this remarkable capacity to experience and sense in a different way in which that difficult experience can itself open itself up for some more insight and understanding. Because we're we're not detached from it. We're not avoiding it by stories and labelling and psychology. We're very, very close to the experience and we have an interest, a curiosity. What is going on here? And in the terms of the practice... In the daily life situation, as mentioned, it really, to liberate the being here, it really, in a way, requires from us a tremendous, rather single-pointed dedication. What I mean by a single-pointed dedication is I need to know (coughs) and be in touch when, quote-unquote, the difficult experience is there. We're not in a, a situation of, of avoidance or denial or flight or running away from We want to know when it is there. Not when I'm talking about it, not when I'm chattering about it, when it actually is present and to look at the description. And equally, if I'm interested in liberation from the difficult, to actually know when it is not there. As the, the Buddha commented, one in life knows what is present, which of course we give a lot of attention to here, but in life one knows what is not present. And there are plenty of moments in the human experience, no matter what it is there, in which that difficulty, heart, mind, body, brain, emotion, thought, whatever, is simply not present. (coughs) It is not possible, not possible, for there to be a permanent state of anything. It is not possible. And therefore, in the absence of, it might be five minutes, one minute, 
10 minutes, a day, whatever. In the absence of, it's for liberation, it is to bring, the, as the practice, the fullness of interest to that which is the not difficult. Understand? That which, when it's not present, and it's a practice to engage in day in and day out, day in and day out, and that presence of the absence of there is the liberating space, which will give us the capacity and the opportunity to look at the difficult. And one can never any time any more in one's life ever say to oneself I am always like this I have always been like this I'm always going to be like this this is a complete ego trip to say this it is an utter untruth it is a lie to the reality it arises Appreciate it can stay. I appreciate it can be extraordinarily difficult. But it is an unshakable actuality that that which arises and stays will pass. There is no exception in the world of human experience. And our practice and our exploration and our happiness and our joy of life requires us to really know well and truly and deeply the experiences which arise of the absence of the difficult no matter what it's about it could be life-threatening it could be one doesn't know if one will live to the tomorrow, today or the day after it could be a, a nightmare of a story, a tragedy of an event. No matter what it is, there are breaks in it. And for most of us, it's not on that scale. For some, and including here, it is on that scale, I know. But for most, it's these difficult experiences, they emerge and... Uh, kind of theme with you today is to what are the words that I'm using to describe have these words like in the supermarket gone past their sell by date so those of you who make the, the pilgrimage to the shopping mall or you look in your fridge at home just remember every time what Christopher said have the words I used to describe a difficult experience gone past the sell-by date? They are no longer helpful. So look at the packet. And, oh, yes, 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 yes. And with the commitment here, uh, there, in the two expressions I said, use of imagination to look afresh, Connecting with it when it is present, only when it is present. You don't have to look for it. You don't have to try and dig your shit up or anything. It's around. It will come when it needs to. And to experience that and to see, sometimes see it so clearly, you could ask yourself, honestly, is it that bad? Whatever. And sometimes people have looked and have said to me, no, Christopher... I really had a difficult time in this, that and the other. And you know, I got through it. I could see the arising, I could see the staying, I saw the past, I could get through it. If I can get through that, I can get through this. Sometimes the past of the things that you and I have got through in life, oh yeah, I can get through that, I'll, I'll, I'll get through this. Whatever it might be about. And if something else arises, another storm, okay, I've got through this one, I'll, I'll get through uh, uh, the next one. So the, then the past is a friend, it's a, an aid, it is a support for 
remembering, never forget this, that which arises and stays passes. Just remember that at the end of this retreat it's been worth all the sweat of being in the meditation hall. So the absence of, as referred uh, uh, to, means that the, the beautiful moments, the precious perceptions, <coughs> will require and do need from us extra interest, extra so that the being wishing to stay awake, wishing to know liberation, in the most ordinary moments, blue skies above, the greenness of the uh, nature, the practices and the dedication of the Sangha, uh, here in the hall, the lovely support of uh, the good staff and countless other things from the joy, from memory, visions and potentials for the future, love of stillness and silence, and much, much more. That which comes through our senses, that which we remember, that which touches us and potential, present to future, uh, there. please, Rest of that for a few moments. Forget all this meditation method and technique and all that. It can be a bit of a distraction at times. And they're just, it's scaffolding. You understand the word scaffolding? You know, when the house needs some, something doing to it, they put up all these pipes and tubes outside. Yeah? So meditation method and techniques, the forms. I mean, we know some of the uh, uh, Buddhist uh, teachers Say, oh, only this method, only this technique. <coughs> Don't believe them, they're talking nonsense. They're just aids, they're support. They're support for liberation, they're like the house. It needs some support for a while. You know, after you take it all away, more important things than method and technique. So here, in the situation of uh, here, to be present and connected here. In the moment when the joy arises, some happiness, gratitude, appreciation, love or whatever, please, 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 just forget everything else. Just rest with it. Just experience it. There. Just feel that. Uh, there. Because it's subject to arising, staying and passing, of course it is. There. But with the rising, staying and passing, one might then come back to the practice. Mindfulness of breathing, working with the body, or with the states of mind, or whatever it might be. And part of the reason as a practice for this is if we are experiencing more openness of heart and presence, experience more interest in the small and the ordinary, it will be a lot easier to find because we've been committed one day after the next to ensuring we do stop in those moments and experience it. So, so when people say, oh, my life is such a mess, I'm so screwed up and all this stuff's going on, and da 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 whatever it might be, <coughs> the generality of the view is more the problem than the issue. One's made a huge, permanent generality out of it. And that's the lie. And suffering is in the lie. Suffering is in the false, in the untrue. So if we've, from our experience, evidence-based here, from our experience, we have the sweetnesses, the precious moments, the love of the silences, the moments of stillness, the gratitude for the nourishing food, and many teachings and many other things, and really stop to really acknowledge the benefit of that and the benefit of just 
being alive and conscious, we'll find that much more easily. Why? Because we've been attentive to it every day. And my mildly simplistic, but my one line is, if you practice what I just said, this is kind of a little bit of the religious here, if you practice for 40 days and 40 nights of freedom of imagination to explore when it's difficult and really look carefully what can I understand out of this. Freedom, Freedom as well, the liberation as well to appreciate lots of moments when that stuff is not present and really recognize and know that and really and if you do that for 40 days and 40 nights there will be real change taking place and if you forget you start again <laughs> 40 days and 40 nights every single day you're saying to yourself i'm going to really acknowledge the precious moments and there are many And I'm really going to have a different way of looking at these experiences which I've been describing in this same boring, monotonous, repetitious and useless way. Because it's just not working. And therefore the description is going to be completely different. I'm going to explore what those experiences are. I'm going to try to understand what is going on there. And every single day, and I'm not going to miss a day, uh, I'm going to come to the end of the day, and I'm going to look back over the day, and I say, what touched me today? What did I recognize today? What did I appreciate today? What did I enjoy today? In spite of my sickness, my cancer, my unhappiness, my problems, my issues, or whatever, I'm going to ensure that those moments, those periods, are standing out for me. And if you forget that, okay, back to day one. That will encourage you. (laughs) And that, shall we say, the the Pali word, I like the Pali word, Um, there's a word called aditana. And in the English it often gets translated as um, determination, the, 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 you, you get this from these hardcore, we pass on our teachers, uh, etc., but um, not in the hardcore tradition, thank God. And Tana means station or application, and Adi means higher. So, what in this case, rather than determination, that means the will, and is looking at the experience. One's not, no longer going to be afraid of it. One's going to look and work with it there. And it's going to, going to explore all of that outside of it. Like you look at your knee, it is painful, but you know, I sometimes ask the meditators, and they're talking about their knee or their shoulder pain, would you kindly tell me, is there any life outside of this little area for you? Oh yes, of course there is, Christopher. Right, recognize it. Don't make this your existence. So in our being with and in the exploring, whatever the specific is, remember the life outside of it. And as I say, the quiet commitment to that. You move in life, this is the word aditana, what one might say, a higher application of your existence. You move into a more liberated way of existence. And the preciousness of a liberated way of life is the size of the issues and the problems, whatever it might be, and I know some of you are dealing with some really serious issues, I really respect and appreciate the great work you are doing on yourself. But the size of the sc- and the scale of it will shrink. It will get smaller. And the expanse 
and the liberation will expand and get bigger to the point that one is able it isn't easy to accommodate the difficult that's all one can accommodate it and for some there is a real fading away that the problems of life are a rare event in the field of existence just rare so that working with both really give immense support to uh, uh, each other we listen and learn from uh, each other keep the exploration uh, alive and then the teachings of liberation will seem extraordinarily obvious obvious okay let's have a quiet period too shall we May all beings explore the fields of experience. May all beings live with clarity and wisdom. May all beings know immediate liberation. <coughs> 